Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell, and welcome to a new season of Let's Unpack That. I cannot believe the podcast is two years old. It's been a journey, and some of you might be new. Maybe you saw us on your For You page this fall, talking about gay brothers or throuples, moments that make this podcast so special. Each week, Sagar Wade and I go beyond holes and pulls to create a safe space for open conversations on topics, stories, and shared experiences in the gay community. We have so many amazing guests lined up this season, from influencers, entrepreneurs, and political changemakers. And we're kicking things off this week with Ezra Sosa, a professional dancer who you may know from Dancing with the Stars or as Jojo Siwa's best friend. He has such a moving story, and Sagar may or may have not dragged me a little bit afterwards for tearing up during our combo. And I don't cry! So that says a lot. (laughs) I hope you enjoy. This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Ezra Sosa, welcome to Let's Unpack That. It's so great to have you here. How are you doing today? I was doing okay. Now I'm doing really good talking to you guys. I'm very excited (laughs) about this. To start, for those who maybe don't know who you are, who is Ezra? I'm a professional dancer. You may know me from Dancing with the Stars, So You Think You Can Dance. I toured with Jojo Siwa. She's also my best friend, so you probably see me on her TikToks. I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, I grew up in Utah, moved here when I was 19, and yeah, living my best life. Living my best gay life, period. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's start in Utah. So what was your experience like growing up there? Were you Mormon or what was life like? I grew up Mormon, yeah. And if, if you have Mormon viewers, I'll show them my... CTR live tattoo and it's like an insider if you're LDS you know what that means it basically means choose the right when you're a kid they give you they tell you like choose the right don't do drugs don't be gay so I was like why don't we just get a tattoo and put it inside my mouth how old were you when you got that oh I was 20 I was 20 years old when I got it and the guy said it was gonna fade in two months and here we are three years later And it's still very legible, so... (laughs) (laughs) Very. Growing up in Utah, though, it was... It was a trip, I can't lie. It was pretty crazy. I was very heavily involved in dance. I I ate it. I was sleeping. And I was just dreaming about dance all the time. Growing up Mormon was also another trip. Some folks that are listening may be more familiar with, like, Christian holidays, like Christmas and Easter. But I can imagine that life in a Mormon family may look a little bit different. What was your experience growing up Mormon? It was hard. It was really hard. It's definitely a huge part of the culture in Utah. Um, But also... One thing I learned, stepping away from Utah, being Mormon was also in a weird social class kind of system. The more righteous you were, the more popular you were, the more people wanted to be around you. Finding my sexuality in Utah was extremely hard. My my best friend at the time, his dad was my bishop. And if you don't know, being gay and Mormon is like oil and water. It's a huge no, um, a part of the religion. It was really hard and it took me years and years to discover that I'm, I'm actually gay. And it was, there was never really a point in my life where I was like, oh, you're gay. It was, oh, you can't be, this is not an option for you. So for most of my childhood, I was basically fighting my inner thoughts and I never could really 
dive into who Ezra truly is because I was trying to be this perfect Mormon boy in Utah. Uh, it was really hard. You said um, that you left at 19. Tell us a little bit more about that. What led up to that? Help us understand that kind of transition. I described at the time, it just felt like I was drowning and I, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't live my life. And it was just because by that point, I was really just fighting who I was. And I was trying to keep this person down. And um, I that was this was after I did So You Think You Can Dance. And I did the, that tour and it really helped open my eyes and see what life was like outside of Utah. And so I did my second tour with Bachelor and we were sent home from COVID. And I just remember sitting down and talking with my parents and I was like, I just can't live like this anymore. And I just kind of brought up if I could just move to LA and what they thought of it and they're very supportive of it. I also describe it like a plant can't grow unless it's in the right environment. I was a sunflower in the shade. I, I had to move my environment and I had to, I had to just finally just give myself an environment where I can grow and finally discover who Ezra is. Where your most basic identity is not something that you have to hide. From what I understand, you hid that the entire time you were back home? Yeah, I mean, being a dancer too, I think I, I hid a huge part of my identity within dance. Um, so I was always dancing and I was, I if you literally knew me growing up, you knew I was either in a dance studio, in a dance studio, or in dance class. I was always just dancing. Um, and up until now, like, I look back at my childhood and like, dance really did save me from so much. Like, looking back at it, it really was my safe haven. I was able to express myself in ways that words couldn't, especially like hiding my identity. But even after that, doing So You Think You Can Dance, like, that was my identity, was dance. And moving to LA, like I wouldn't let many people in just because I was scared of who I was. Um, and I just needed a little bit of life. Let's talk more about that safe space. So when did you start dancing and how did that space for self-expression perhaps let you come to explore your identity? I started dancing when I was seven. My sister and I grew up attached at the hip. The moment she got in dance class, I was like, Mommy, I want to be in dance class. And so they put me in dance class. Uh, they tried getting me in ballroom, but ironically, I didn't want to dance with girls. I was like, cuties are disgusting. I did not want to dance with girls. Um, but it wasn't until I was like 13 and I, I started taking dance really seriously when I found myself just going to the studio every free time I had and just getting a studio, getting in a studio and just dancing and really expressing myself. And I still do it to this day. Um, that's when I was like, I'm so grateful that I have this. Building on that, Ezra, can you expand on the intersection between your dance identity, which you said yourself is one of the most important things about your life and being queer? Dance was my, like, my way of dreaming of something better for myself. So like whenever I was in this studio and I was dance and I was dancing, I would be painting a scenario in my head that I wish my life was. So in my way, that was my safe haven, even though it wasn't even real at the time. Talk to any major working choreographer, dancer, artist. We tend to hide ourselves in our work 
And it's, it's just a huge way of us running away from our problems. And it's something that I did ever since I was a kid. Um, besides growing up queer, I grew up in a very financially unstable household. I Every aspect of my life was falling apart, but the only thing that was constant was my drive and my love for dance. So even now to this day, let's say I had a tough argument with my sister, I would shut my brain off and I would go into dance rehearsal and in a weird way, my whole life was fine and okay. It's almost like how some people may be frustrated with something then they go to the gym and have a really intense workout. Totally. Yeah, and I, 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 that's why I love going to the gym now too. I'm like, besides the hot guys that are there, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going there and I'm like leaving and I'm like, I mean, I first went to the gym just so I can look good. But then next thing you know, I'm like leaving the gym, gym and I'm like, I enjoyed that. It helped clear my head. It's, it's the same thing. Remind me, how old were you when you went on City Kick and Dance? I was 18, fresh out of high school. Mm, okay. I imagine this involves leaving Utah to go on this big show, which is known for catapulting the careers of so many dancers. What drove your decision to want to audition for the show? The studio I grew up at, everyone there did So You Think You Dance. They're all very recognizable dancers. Like, you have Jenna Johnson, you have Whitney Carson. Um, Derek Huff trained at my studio at the time. And I looked up to all those people, mostly Jenna Johnson. Like, she is my queen. I just danced with her on this last week's episode of Dancing with the Stars. And I was telling her, I was like, this is more... This is more memorable for me than me actually, like, being a pro for a week. Like, I was just telling her how much it meant to me. But um, I looked up to them but also their journey and their path and so watching them doing so you think you dance and going out to dancing stars i was like i i want that for myself and especially coming from the same place it made that dream very achievable ironically i didn't want to audition the year that i auditioned my sister auditioned the season before with my brother tristan and she didn't make it she wanted to audition again and I I didn't want to audition because I wanted my sister to like have her moment and I wanted like I knew it was her journey and then she asked me to audition with her and I was like I feel like you should audition with Tristan like I would be auditioning too like I want this to be your thing I don't want to take it away from you and then she convinced me to audition with her and ironically I made it further than she did um <laughs> which still gets her to this day, like, whenever she gets on her high horse and, like, stuff, like, you actually wanted to, like, win So You Think You Dance, but I made it farther than you, and I made it, like, I made it past the top ten, she only made it to the top ten. Okay, sibling rivalry. Oh, it's alive <laughs> and well, like, we live together now, too, so it's, like, something we could always, like, make fun of. Um, one thing that I always make fun of with her is her first, like, crush was so big and so major. We It was this guy that... Um, we would see at our dance nationals was head over heels for this guy. My dad um, flew him out to see her for her birthday. And we went to the cabin. We had, it was a great time, whatever. He left and he broke up with her. He like ended things with her. And she had no idea why. And it turns out we found out a couple months later from our mutual friend that he ended up having feelings for me. Oh, was he so, gay? Yes. Oh. So now... Whenever my sister is talking to someone, I'm like, do we need a sibling check? Like, do I need to talk? Like, do I need to talk to this guy and make sure that he's not going to end up being with me? But it's it's still like, I still get to her about it to this day. So before singing dance, were you involved with the gay community at all? Anything gay, sexual, I 
totally would like did not want to affiliate myself with it. No. As you're on this show and you're gaining more visibility, attention, and making it to the semifinals, when the cast goes out afterward, did you find yourself starting to have interactions with the gay community? By the time I was 18 and I did the show, I knew that I knew that I was gay. Like I knew at that point, and I'm like, crap, it's too late now. Um, when I was eliminated from the show, my partner took me to a gay club here in LA called Tiger Heat, and it's like an 18 plus gay club. And I went there and people recognized me from So You Think and Dance. And I just remember feeling so nervous and anxious um, just because, like, I wasn't myself out at the time. Um, But it was quite the experience. I remember just leaving it traumatized. I can't lie. I was pretty traumatized leaving it because if I remember correctly, there was a guy, like, who was, like, twerking on the floor who was, like, reaching for my ankle and, like, kept on, like dragging me towards him and like I was like this is a lot for me and I like looked at my friends like we should probably go but um I didn't really like fully uh, I never myself like affiliated myself with the community until I actually like came out so from that point to coming out what is the journey like what are the stops along the way that help you embrace who you are I did my first season season of dancing with the stars and I felt like I catfished them because I was in the closet still. And all of my interviews weren't in person. It was during COVID. It was still like a thing at the time. So my first time like seeing these producers and seeing the network was in person. Like, and I already got the job. Um, Doing that experience, I met my best friend, Jojo Siwa. She was in the cast that season, right? She was, like she was. My first season, she was in the cast. And I remember that season, they didn't ask me to go on tour with them, and I was very upset about it. Um, And she was like, do you want to just come on tour with me instead? And I was like, heck yeah. Also keep in mind, it was like one of my first days on the job, and she like looked at me, and and like in front of, like in front of one of the EPs of the show, she's like, you're gay, right? And I was like, <laughs> that sounds like something she would uh, say. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm gay. Like that was the first time I like fully said like I'm gay in front of like people, like in front of like major people like that. And uh, she took me on tour with her, and every single day, like she really did, held my hand and she guided me out of the closet. I have so much love for her. Uh, it was from putting glitter on my ear and me freaking out and telling her how it made me feel uncomfortable to her being like, why does it make you feel uncomfortable? It was because you grew up in Utah where it was very unaccepted. And now you are in a space where you can do anything you want. Every single night she would do my makeup and my hair. And she told me that I could do anything I wanted. So she was like my gay fairy godmother. Um, My hair was platinum. It was a different shade of rainbow every night, which was very uncomfortable for me, but it was the only way I would do it. She told me that I could go on tour with her as if I dyed my hair. I just remember, like, I would be crying in her arms every single day, and she would just tell me that, like, it's okay. What you're going through is normal. And she really did help me find who I am and help me become the person I am today. I don't even know of a word to describe the impact that type of help and guidance has on someone that goes beyond what the word incredible can even reflect. Because she was there to help guide you through confronting like your internalized homophobia and realizing that it shouldn't be It doesn't an issue. need to be like that. What she did for me is I'm extremely lucky and I'm so fortunate. Like imagine like some gay idol just flooded from the heavens and was like, let me help you come out. Like I 
literally had the best case scenario. Um, but I, a huge part of what I was fighting was my internalized homophobia. And she knew that with her experience too. And she, she, she knew exactly how I felt and she knew exactly what to say to make me feel better. Shows like her character as a human beyond just the persona that people saw on Dance Moms or on yeah. Nickelodeon. Like there's a real genuine human there. And that's amazing to see and, and to hear. If I called her right now and I told her I was in danger, she would drop everything just to make sure I was okay. Like, that's the kind of person she is. Like, I, I never believed the word best friend because she would always call me her bestie Westie. And I never had a, a friend like that before. So I was like, didn't believe in best friend until like the third month in. She was like, no, you're my best friend. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You, you're my best friend. And that's when I was like, yeah, no, I have a best friend and it's Jojo Siwa. Like, who would have guessed? <laughs> what a plot twist. I doubt that the version of Ezra in dance class in Utah would think that he would end up being besties with Jojo. He would have lost his shit. <laughs> he would have he would have lost his shit. When I first met Jojo, I lost my shit like that. That. Yeah. Crazy. That it's an it's an insane part of my life. Going on tour with her was insane. How does that tour line up with the timeline of you deciding to come out publicly? By the time I finished my first season of Dancing with the Stars, it was all I could think about was if I should come out, when I should come out, how do I come out? And if you knew me at the time, you would have met me and be like, ah, nah, this fucker's gay. Like in a heartbeat, like he's, ah, he's gay. <laughs> but it was just a matter of me. It was just a matter of me just like putting a label on it and like putting on my Instagram and letting people like letting the world know and letting them know that it's a huge part of who I am. Um, it wasn't until, um, it was like one of the first cities on tour and she did her meet and greet and I would always sit and watch her meet and greets. And this little boy's mom asked her the question, what do you do if you grew up in, uh, uh, in a very conservative town, you had to go to a charter school you were, you had to wear a uniform. You got made fun of for liking girly things. You got made fun of dancing. And I, immediately saw myself in this kid and it was in that moment I was like if you don't ever come out for you come out for kids like him and that's ultimately why I did it oh my gosh so did you come out before or after the tour was over after the tour I always had the conversation with Jojo she was like you're gonna come out next pride and she'd tell me like you're gonna come out and I'm gonna help you and it was just like I did a photo shoot she helped me figure out what to do she helped me figure out which pictures to post um, and when June hit, it was, I think June 6th, it was the beginning of June. I posted the picture. It was just like me sitting. I was like, eh, I'm just like sitting there. I had, I rhinestone rainbow, a rainbow on my chest. And it was just like, I said proud. And I put, uh, uh, just like a little, like just rainbows, uh, clear as day. That was my coming out. Um, and that day I was stressed ball change. I was freaking out, but I knew it was a leap I had to make. And ultimately a huge reason why I never came out was because I only wanted to be seen for my love for dance. I only wanted to be known as that dancer. I knew when I came out, I would have been known as that gay dancer. I knew it was going to be a part of my identity. And when I heard that kid and, and his mom t telling about his struggles, I was like, 
all of the people I looked up to were hiding a huge part of themselves, which kept me from coming out in the first place. So I was like, who am I to stand behind what I love to do and have this face and have these kids look up to me, but not show them who I really am. And that's really like why I did it. I actually had um, coffee today with David Archuleta and he was talking about his experience with him coming out in the Mormon church because we both have very similar experiences. And I was just telling him how my mom didn't come to term with my sexuality until she started reading about his journey, about him coming out. So like if he didn't even come out, I wouldn't have a relationship with my mom right now. Like it's wild to think about that, but it's ultimately why I did it. I wanted to make make change for, you know, at the time I was starting to gain a following. I wanted to make change for the people who looked up to me. I'll never forget, it was the day after it came out. And prior to this, I went to a protest and there was a So You Think fan that I ran into. And he was like, he had this fan and I was like, I love your fan, it's so fierce. Like I was just hyping him up. And he was telling me he was a fan of So You Think, blah, 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 and whatever. Come to me coming out. The next day I went to Pride in WeHo. JoJo had a float and I was there with her on the float. And that was like my first coming out. She was filming a reality show at the time and it was a huge part of like the the story and he saw me there and he tapped me and he was emotional and he was telling me how much it meant to him to see me like wearing my pride my pride proudly and he gave me that fan i still have it to this day ezra that is so heartwarming not uh, my eyes rolling up but it is so cool to hear how not only you but people that are in your circle whether it's jojo or peers in the industry who have made that impact on you and then you by embracing who you are and your identity have helped so many other yeah people. it's like a pay it for it's like you're in starbucks in the holiday like during the holiday and you're like i'm gonna pay for the person behind me and it just kind of just pays it pays itself forward so back in october you got to be a pro on Dancing with the Stars. Take us through the whole thing, from finding out that you're going to be on to Showtime and what that was like. I still get giddy whenever I think about it. Um, I was so bummed at the beginning of the season because I was on Troop and they didn't bring it back. So they're like, hey, look, sorry, you're not coming back to the show. And I was very sad. I was so sad. First week of the show, I was asked to associate choreograph the opening number, which was so like I had a great experience and I learned so much about dance in general and working as a professional, like on the other side of the camera, which I'm so grateful for. But also at the same time, I was like, damn, this sucks. Like, I really want to be able to be performing on Dancing with the Stars. I was after that, I was choreographing for a cruise line in Tampa. And from there, I was scheduled to fly to Utah, ironically, and teach at a, a convention that I work for. And right from Tampa to um, Utah, I was flying in Friday night. I landed and I had six missed calls from the EP of the show. And she was texting me. She's like, hey, it's urgent. Call me. Also, at the same time, I'm getting texts from my sister being like, Dancing with the Stars is calling me. Where are you at? What's going on? Why aren't you picking up the phone? I was like losing my marbles. So I called the EP and she she told me the situation. 
And I was like, is Artem okay? What's going on? And he had COVID. She was like, well, this is your chance. We want to see what you can do. Um, we're very excited about you. She was also like, you got to tell your bestie to go to the show. JoJo's got to go. I'm like, yeah, she has to pull up. And from there, I was in Utah. I slept two hours and I had five hours of sleep. I slept two of those hours because I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I literally could not believe it was happening. And I went on a plane to LA and went straight to rehearsal. I met Charity and I like I had my moment to celebrate. I was like, this is it. But the moment I walked in that studio, all I could feel was for her. And I could just feel her stress, her anxiety, as you can imagine. Losing a partner last minute and having a partner switch up is a lot for you to handle, especially if this is like your second week on a show this is, you're still new to dance. You don't know what's going on. And I just, I, I texted her prior to rehearsal, but I told her, I was like, hey, as much as I'm dancing with you these next couple days, I'm also your therapy dog. Like whenever you're feeling anxious, nervous, tell me and I'll, I'll tell you whatever it is you need to feel to make you feel better. Um, thank God we hit it off right away. She became a close friend right off the bat. We had the best time dancing together. Um, and yeah, we had two rehearsals together, then went to a camera block and then went to show day. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy experience. Hearing the British man say your name as you're about That's to start dancing. That's when it hit me. In the cha-cha with Ezra Sosa, it's Charity Lawson. That's when it hit me. Okay, because I'm telling you right now, I'm professional as fuck, okay? Like, I, like, going into this, I was like, this is just another job, Ezra. Like, I knew if I told myself, like, this is your first time being a pro, I would, like, start tweaking and I'd start spiraling. But, like, I was, like, and I'm like, this is just another job. You're not on Dancing with the Stars. Like, you're, this is just another job. Like, and then I heard the British man say, with Ezra Sosa, and I literally, like, it's happening. I was like... I was losing my shit, and then I saw, like, the, there was, like, four clicks before every dance, and it was, like, click, 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 and I was, like, snap out of it, snap out of it, you're back in this job, it's just a job, it's just a job. The dance is over, you talk to the judges, get the scores, how does it feel afterwards? That was the best part, was when it was over, ironically, it's sad, but it was the best part, because she had a great experience working with me, a lot of the pros came up to me, and they were, like, we're letting you know you did a good job. You did everything just right. And it was like, I could breathe and I could know that I did the best I could. And also I did a good job. Um, that was the best part. And my mom told me, cause she was sitting in the audience, the uproar that was in the ballroom and they announced me. And there's a breezeway where, um, we call it the breezeway. It's like behind the ballroom. Uh, it's where like makeup and hair is where we get like touched up or producers sit there and they said like when I was performing like everyone was screaming so loud for me so when all of it was said and done when I felt the support from like everyone I loved that's what made me like wow like that's what made me so emotional knowing that I was having an army of people who were supporting me that is really, really wonderful. That just seems like a very inspirational and kind of memorable moment for you. What did that exposure change for you, whether that was internally or externally um, with your career? A confidence boost for sure. Like, I was like, yo, I'm cool as fuck. Like, I stepped in, I rocked my shit. 
I was like, people actually like me. I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> like, as you can imagine, like, I grew up watching the show and, like, just dreaming about it. And the fact, like, I dreamt about it and it was, like, everything I could be and more. I was like, yo, this is, like, the, the, like, the best. Social media-wise, I, I gained a lot more followers from it. Um, and I, I do feel like it, it gave me a confidence boost in my work in the sense, like, I you know, I did it. And like, when I did it, I didn't doubt myself. So I knew like the process of how I work works. So whenever I stepped in a room and I was choreographing or working, I just had that confidence in my work. And I think it made me better at what I did. Let's manifest that this was an audition to be a pro next season. Girl, it is. It was my audition. <laughs> so like, let's hope it, let's hope I wowed, I wowed America. I wowed the show. Like, let's hope it was enough. So outside of work, outside of dancing, I can imagine that since the JoJo Siwa tour, you've gotten more involved in the gay community. Yeah. What have those experiences been like for you? I think I just enjoyed going out more in, in the community. Um, actually, like, dating people comfortably, being like, hey, no, I'm gay. I am gay. This is, this is a fact. Like, it's part of who I am. Um, helped me come to terms... Um, with myself, but also helped my dancing too, in a weird way. And it wasn't, it was last season on Dancing with the Stars and one of the um, producers of the show, she came up to me and she's like, what did you do? Like you just, you're dancing so much better and you look phenomenal. Like, what did you do from last season, this season? I automatically told her, I was like, oh, I've just been training a, a lot more been pushing myself a lot more but when I really had time to sit with what she was saying I was like I came out and for the first time I'm able to dance comfortably in my own skin but also dance more myself which made me dance better. Would you say you held back before you were out? Do you feel like there are certain ways I, I can't move certain things I can't do? Let, help me understand that. Especially being a uh, ballroom dancer there is a stigma especially for the guys you have to be very strong and very macho and I, I felt like going into as a troop member and being able to dance however I wanted was my fun way of being like hey we can play now like I don't have to be I don't have to be that extremely like macho Ukrainian who um, who can just like like flex his pecs no I could like dance a little bit more feminine too well, dating-wise, you did briefly mention that. For people who maybe want to shoot their shot in your DMs, Ezra, but they're like, is he into me? I don't know. Are you more into performers or... Oh, hell no. My number one is don't date dancers. Okay. And a lot of... And I, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but a lot of people on the show, on Dancing with the Stars, they tend to, like, date each other. And I just sit there as like, I couldn't do that. I'm sorry. Like, that's just not me. That's not my vibe. I will say, I'm still trying to figure out what I am into and what I'm not into. But right now I'm into more mature, um, older guys. How old? <laughs> Mid. Uh, <laughs> I'd say, T, I went on a date with a 40-year-old and oh. I didn't mind it. Okay. I think a huge part of it is because a lot of 23-year-olds, 23-year-olds or people who, guys, who are around my age, they are still trying to figure out what career path they want, yeah. what their passions yeah. are. And for me, like, I want to date someone who is 
not on my level, but like knows what they want to do yeah. and are doing. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. So folks that are maybe like twenty three are not gonna meet that criteria, right? You could be twenty three and I mean, rocking your shit, and yeah, I could be into it. I did get out of a relationship with a uh, twenty. He was, I think, twenty four or twenty five, and that was when I told my friends about him. They're like, "Well, he's young," um, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to know I'm still young. I can't lie. I do. And I honestly think it's because I have daddy issues. And I was telling Jojo, I was like, why am I dating all these like older men? And she's like, as, as you have daddy issues. And I was like, duh, obviously that's why. (laughs) Well, I love that journey for you living your daddy fantasy. Ezra, before we wrap up here, I would love to ask you when you look back at a younger version of yourself. Maybe you're 13 or 14, you're super involved in dance classes, back-to-back, super focused on that area of your life. What advice would you give to that version of Ezra? I saw this quote, and I would tell him that pain is temporary, but pride is forever. What I was going, what, like if I was talking to myself right now, I'd just tell him like, what you're going through right now sucks and you feel like you're lost, but know that there is a world that is waiting for you with open arms, ready to embrace every part of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and just keep hanging on. Honestly. That's so powerful. Great advice. Do you want to give everyone your socials and where they can find more of you? Yeah. Okay. My Instagram is Ezra.Sosa. My TikTok and I think all of my other socials are just Ezra Sosa. E-Z-R-A-S-O-S-A. And you can find my stuff there. You can follow us on Instagram at UnpackedTHT and on TikTok at UnpackedThatPod. Thank you so much, Ezra. And we'll see you guys right back here every Thursday. Bye, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye.